when students find a book that captivates their attention, that is when they'll start asking and begging for more time to read in class and asking and begging to go to the library. Hi there, I'm Carolyn Wall, your host of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers looking to close the achievement gap. I'm a 20-year veteran teacher who still loves being in the classroom. Tune in each week as I reflect on my own teaching experience to bring you lesson plans, strategies, and stories that will help you develop your students as readers and writers. So grab your notepad, cup of coffee and join me each week as we dive into all things ELA. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope that you are doing well and that your school year is still on a positive trajectory for the year. I appreciate you and I appreciate the time that you choose to spend with me each week. Over here, we just finished our first week of school, and I am so thrilled to be back in eighth grade. I know I've alluded to that before, but after seeing the students in the seats, I am excited for this school year to be back in eighth grade. It was really nice to see last week as the students, just how they interacted with each other and just overall how much calmer they are than the sixth graders were last year. Isn't it amazing Like just how two grade levels can make such a huge difference? Well, there were definitely lots of positives about last year. I know for me, it solidified and confirmed for me that I am not a sixth grade teacher. And that's okay. We can't teach all the grades, right? Other changes that happened last week when school got started for us. I shared with you last week that I was teaching four sections of eighth grade ELA and one section of social studies. Well, as all too often happens for me in those last moments of scheduling, they needed to switch my schedule. So instead of teaching social studies, I am teaching all eighth grade ELA with two of those sections being ELD, which we call English language development. It might be English as a second language in your district or ELL, English language learner. It's kind of all the the same things. So I'll have two sections of the, and it's all eighth grade ELA. So it's going to be an exciting year. And while it's going to make planning definitely easier for me, I am a little sad that I'm not teaching any history this year. Maybe next year. My schedule always seems to change. This is my third year in this particular building. And every year my schedule changes. It's one of those things that I notice about working in such a large district and having multiple endorsements. So I'm just teach whatever they tell me to teach, which is totally fine. This year, I'm excited about eighth grade and I still get to work with my teacher bestie. So for this year, it's going to be amazing. All right, enough about me. I'm sure you're not interested in that. Let's jump into today's episode. As an ELA teacher, you know that my goal is to ignite a genuine passion for reading within my students. Achieving this means finding that delicate balance where a book is not only enjoyable, but also aligned with their current reading ability. It's about providing the right amount of challenge to promote growth without overwhelming students, because we know if they get overwhelmed, that they're just going to put the book down, and then it's going to be a battle to get them to pick it up again. Ultimately, my aim is for students to read, comprehend, and enjoy the books that they choose. And I'm pretty positive that most ELA teachers would agree with that. I have always been an advocate for choice reading and 
How that has looked in my class has definitely shifted over the years, but we've always encouraged students to read books that they choose. And now with many states and districts mandating a canned curriculum, I think it's even more important to set aside time for students to read books they enjoy. Even if all you can give is 20 minutes per week, it is so important for students to discover the joy that stories bring. If all a student ever knows about reading are the short stories and novels that someone else picks out for them, how are they ever going to develop a love of reading? How are they going to discover that the world beyond their own doorstep? And how will they engage with the ideas of other cultures? Reading does so much more for our students. It goes way beyond simply learning how to read the words on the page. I have many thoughts on this topic, and I could probably do a whole podcast on why I believe canned curriculum doesn't work, but I feel that the people that need to hear that are probably not the ones listening to my podcast, so I'll set that aside for now. Today, I want to talk about how to help students find the books that they're going to enjoy. How do they find their just right book? Discovering the ideal book with a student entails more than simply matching it to their reading level. It's about creating a reading experience that is genuinely tailored to them, one that captures their interests, sparks their imagination, and presents reading challenges that they are equipped to tackle. So a little bit of a challenge, but they can handle it. When students have access to just right books, their reading confidence and motivation soar, leading to improved literacy skills, a lifelong passion for reading. We play a pivotal role in facilitating this process for students by curating diverse classroom libraries, offering guidance and providing time for students to simply enjoy their books. Independent reading time is so important for students to find that genre they love, to find that book that's really going to make a difference and an impact in their life. Before I start independent reading with my class, I just want to get my students excited about reading. I want to build the anticipation before I ever ask students to pick out their own book or even before I ask students to read in class. I do this by having a lot of book talks over several days. And if you're not quite sure about a book talk or you feel a little nervous presenting books, you can head over to last week's episode where I shared how I put a book talk together for my students. And then I also gave a couple of examples of books that I've book talked. And actually, at the time of this recording, I've actually already presented both of those books to my students. To build curiosity and anticipation, I do a lot of book talks. I talk about books in a variety of genres. I talk about the books that I like, and I share books that I don't personally love, but I know that my students might like them. In the first week of school, I simply want to share stories. I may read a short story to my students or play an audio of an author reading their story. I just really want my students to engage with the idea of storytelling. I also try to have a variety of books available for students to pick up and touch. I have students explore the books on our classroom shelves. I might place a stack of books on their desk and just ask them to kind of scroll through them. This can be a formalized process or it can be casually just browsing. It's it's not important how the students get the books in their hands. It's just important to get books into the hands of students and build some excitement. It's really no different than retail marketing. Stores know that if they can create a display that entices you to pick up an item, the likelihood that you're going to purchase that item goes up significantly. If it's in your hand, the percentage of people who buy it are it goes up significantly. So if I can get books into my students' hands, then I can get them to open the pages and read the book. 
And this is the perfect time too to just kind of make a plug for utilizing your classroom library. Your school library should be seen as an additional resource for you. And so if you don't have a huge classroom library, check out books and bring them into your classroom. School library can offer a wider selection of books to meet the various interests and needs of all of your students way more than you can do in your own classroom library. For many students, the trickiest aspect of independent reading lies in selecting the book, one that's not only appropriate for their reading level, but also aligns with their interests. So how do I help my students in discovering that elusive just-right book? I actually start the conversation by giving students permission to abandon a book. That might seem like a strange place to start because we want our students to read and we don't want them just picking up a new book every single day. But by having the discussion that you don't expect your students to love every book they pick up or that if they start a book that you are not going to make them finish it, it takes a lot of the pressure off of students to find that perfect book the first time. So just like us as adults, students won't enjoy every book they pick up and that's okay. In fact, it's really all part of developing a healthy reading habit. We need to normalize the idea that it's perfectly fine to stop reading one book and try another book. There are several books I can think of that I have started and stopped, books that I have checked out from the public library that only to return after reading a couple of chapters and didn't like it. All right, back to the retail scenario. When I go shopping for clothes, I search the entire department. I touch the fabrics, I pick up shirts, I try to match them to pants. I might even try them on. Sometimes I purchase them and sometimes I'm like, oh, this just isn't for me. I tried it and I said, no, thank you. That's the same with students picking out books. Not every book is going to be for every student and that's okay ready for students to start picking out their own books, I ask my students to think about five questions when choosing a book. While interest plays a huge role in the student's willingness to read, that alone is not enough to keep them reading and keeping them along their reading journey. Question number one I have my students ask themselves is, can you understand the majority of the words on the page? When helping students determine if a book is a just right fit, one of the primary indicators is their understanding of the words on the page. Essentially, we're searching for that sweet spot where the majority of the text is understandable with just a handful of challenging words that offer an opportunity for vocabulary growth, but not so many that the unknown words impede their ability to comprehend the text. Picture it like this. When students can comfortably engage with the story and its ideas without constantly stumbling over unfamiliar words, they're on the path to discovering that right book for them. I know for myself, if a book has too many words that I don't know or interfere with my ability to understand the book, even as an adult, I would stop reading that. And I would expect my students to do the same thing. If they don't understand the words, they are probably not going to enjoy the book. And if they don't enjoy the book, they're probably not going to be as willing to pick up another one. Finding a balance between familiar and challenging words not only boosts their confidence, but also ensures that they can fully immerse themselves in the narrative, making the reading experience enjoyable and rewarding, thus making them want to pick up another book. Question number two that I have them ask is, is this book the right reading level? And I'm not talking about the lexile. I am talking about, are they going to be able to grow from this? It is perfectly acceptable for a student to occasionally read a book that's below their reading level. I do it. Others do it. It's perfectly acceptable. But in order for them to grow, they need to also be reading books that offer a challenge. 
So yes, Just Write Books can offer students challenges, learning opportunities without making the reading experience feel impossible. Imagine a student who's reading a book and comes across a word or sentence that they've never seen before. Instead of giving up and feeling frustrated, they're genuinely enjoying the book. They're able to get the meaning based on the context and continue on. If that happens, then this is a strong indication that the book is a good fit for them. It means the book strikes a balance between being comfortable and slightly challenging. It's like finding a hiking trail that has some uphill sections. And yes, those uphill parts might be a bit harder, but they're also exciting because they provide an opportunity to grow and get stronger. And they often lead to really amazing views or maybe a waterfall or something spectacular. When students encounter unfamiliar words or a sentence structure, but still find the book enjoyable, it shows that they're willing to explore new learning opportunities. This curiosity and willingness to learn are key aspects of becoming better readers. By embracing these challenges, students are actively expanding their vocabulary, improving their comprehension skills, and becoming more confident readers. Question number three that I have them ask themselves is, can you explain what you just read? Before a student chooses a book, I ask that they read a few pages. If they can retell or explain what they've read, it's probably a good fit. This is an important question because there are students who are capable of reading and sounding fluent, but have no ability to restate what they've read. There are students who can read and sound like they're high, confident readers, but really all they're able to do is recall the words on the page. Reading the words on the page and comprehending the text are two different skills, related, but two different skills. During reading conferences, if a student can retell the story, it shows that they're not just reading the words on the page, they're understanding the story. They can explain what the characters are feeling, what happens in the story, and what the author is trying to tell us. Being able to retell the story is a skill that is important because it demonstrates that they're not just reading for the sake of reading. They're not just sounding out words. They're not just recalling words, but they're getting the idea of the story. They're learning from the story. They're immersing themselves into the story. They're getting into the heart of the story. So when we see our students telling a story, it's a sign that they've found a book that's really clicking with them. If after reading a chapter or two, they're not able to explain or give details about the story, it may be an indication that the student needs a new book. This is where I would have the conversation with a student about maybe why they picked the book. Are they really interested in it? And if I need to encourage them to abandon it and try again, this is often where I will find those students who just feel stuck and don't really believe that you're going to be okay with them abandoning the book. All right. Question number four, is the focus of the book or topic of the book of interest to you? Yes, interest definitely plays a part in the story. If you're not interested in what's happening, you're not going to read it. I, as an adult, wouldn't. If I don't want to read horror-type stories, as we've talked about before, so I'm not going to read that. That's not a topic that interests me. A just-right book holds a student's attention effortlessly. When a book is interesting, captivating, and aligns with their interests, they will stay engaged from start to finish. This sustained attention is a powerful signal that the book is a just right fit. 
I would also caution though, because sometimes there's too much emphasis on the topic and whether or not the student likes the topic, meaning that a student's so vested in a particular topic that they will struggle and not make progress in books that are too hard for them. So keep that in mind as well. When a book can hold a student's attention, it's no longer just about reading. It's about embarking on a journey. And isn't that what we want? It's about discovering new places, meeting interesting characters, and exploring ideas that resonate with them personally. When students find a book that captivates their attention, that is when they'll start asking and begging for more time to read in class and asking and begging to go to the library. All right. Question number five. Are you enjoying the book? Enjoyment is a fundamental aspect of reading. If students are enjoying a book, they are more likely to be engaged, motivated, and enthusiastic about reading. When they're enjoying a book, they are likely to be more invested in the story or content, making it a positive reading experience. Ask the student, are you looking forward to reading time? If a student is looking forward to reading a book, it's a strong indicator that it's a good fit. It suggests that they are eager to find out what happens next in the story. Ask the student, are you connecting with the story? A strong connection to the material can enhance their enjoyment and make their reading experience more meaningful. If a student feels a sense of empathy or if the story resonates with the characters or if the themes mimic their own experiences, it's a good sign that the book is a well-suited book for them. By asking these questions, students can assess whether a book is a good match for their current reading level and personal interests. It's important for students to find books that challenge them just enough to improve their reading skills while still providing an enjoyable reading experience. Above all, our goal is to cultivate a deep and abiding love for reading in our students. This seems impossible at times, and believe me, I know. It's about connecting students with books that act as the catalyst for their imaginations, books that enthrall them, books that evoke excitement at the prospect of what lies on the next page. This is the essence of what reading should be, a joyful adventure, a limitless source of wonder and delight, never a cause of frustration. As a middle and high school teacher, our impact on students' reading journeys is immeasurable. By expertly guiding them towards these just-right books and giving them permission to abandon books that don't resonate, we grant them a sense of autonomy over their reading choices. In doing so, we empower them to not only become skilled readers, but enthusiastic ones. It's worth emphasizing that this delicate balance between challenging and enjoyment is the linchpin of fostering a lifelong love of reading. When students feel that they have the freedom to explore a variety of books tailored to their individual tastes and abilities, they embark on a journey of self-discovery and personal growth throughout literature. They understand that reading isn't just a chore, but it's a gift, an opportunity to explore new worlds and grapple with complex ideas and savor the beauty of language, all the things that we want our students to do, and all the things that language arts teachers, we just love. This is why a CAN curriculum that dictates what students must read impedes our students' ability to succeed. It impedes their desire to read. Forcing students to only read stories from a textbook or a basal reader is not developing a love of storytelling. It is not giving students the freedom to explore their interests and develop their own ideas. 
there certainly is a place for asking students to read classic literature, but there is so much more out there, a whole world of ideas that students should have the opportunity to explore. My commitment to helping students find just right books, in essence, is a commitment to enriching their lives. It's about kindling the flames of curiosity and feeding the fires of imagination and instilling a passion of learning. I know the struggle is real. Many students have fought and they continue to fight reading. This is why I started the podcast to share ideas about teaching and how to help fellow educators, fellow teachers dealing with the struggle every single day. I myself deal with this every single day in the classroom. We've only been in school for a week and I've already had students tell me that they hate reading. And that's going to be my mission to change that this year. Teaching is hard, but we are better together. And I know it sounds so cliche, but it is true. We are better together. I invite you to be part of our Facebook group, Secondary ELA, where we discuss topics like this. The Facebook group is an extension of the podcast. So whatever we're talking about here on the podcast gets brought over to the Facebook group. And I post weekly questions where anyone is able to jump in with an answer to respond or to pose a new question as well. I want this to be a place where we are helping each other. It is not just about my own experience. And I'm happy to share that with you, but we are better together. And I want to know how you're helping your students as well. Our group is growing and I encourage you to hop over and join us. This school year, I'm committing to going live once a month. And this month, September's live is Thursday, September 21st. And I'll be discussing how back to school went and jumping into independent reading and how I plan to get started. And so I hope you'll come over there and join us. All right, everyone, that is it for me today. I hope that your school year remains a positive school year. I hope that we have put some of the challenges of the past few years aside and that we are in a whole new trajectory. If today's topic is something that you'd like more information about, you can head over to the show notes and I'll add a few blog posts and resources that you may find helpful. Until next time, everyone, have a great week.